What's up, everybody? This is Eve with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to giving you the right health and fitness information that is both practical, actionable, and evidence-based. This is season two of the podcast, and we are so excited. We're going to have a little less interviewing. We're going to do some more topic-based discussions with myself and some of the made-to-move physical therapy and performance team. Maybe have some guest hosts out there. We are so excited for season two. Thank you so much for joining us and supporting us. If you have any questions for me or the crew, just search Healthy Charleston on Instagram or you can reach out to us directly at made to move pt.com that is the number two thanks so much see you soon hey guys hannah here with the healthy charleston podcast today eve and i get to chat with angie and sarah the founders of she tries she tries is a women's only triathlon event in charleston but what angie and sarah have created is really so much more than a race These women have made it a mission to instill confidence and create an environment of empowerment in the Charleston community, and we really loved getting to hear about their journey and how their passion for triathlons led to this. They're also hosting a quarantine challenge that begins April 27th, so listen to learn more. We hope you enjoy. Sarah, Angie, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm good. Good. Uh, enjoying um, some parts of quarantining and not enjoying others. <laughs> <laughs> the truer words could never have been spoken. I agree with that. There's some silver linings, but there's obviously some stress as well. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Cool. So you guys are doing some really cool things. Uh, she tries is something that I've known about and heard about um, from multiple people. Some really amazing feedback from the community. Uh, first, I love to start these by just getting a little bit of background on each of you and, and then maybe tying that in into how that <clears throat> has come to fruition now with kind of the she-tries um, and everything that's, you know, about that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Um, this is Angie and um, I am the founder of She Tries and I started She Tries uh, roughly about five years ago when I was at a point in my life that I'd had a couple kids and I was trying to re-enter back into triathlon and I didn't know exactly the best way to do it because my body was different, my mind was different, my time was different. Um, I have three kids and they're all under eight. And uh, so, well, obviously since then. (laughs) But um, so, you know, I just, I, I felt like other women were probably in my shoes and maybe this is something they had thought about doing at one point in their life, or maybe this was something they had never thought about doing in their life and they should try it. So I created She Tries um, and mostly to have a really doable distance um, and a really approachable event that literally anyone could do. And so I created distances that were, you know, pretty, pretty beginner friendly um, with a little bit of challenge for some people. So it's uh, the one, the first event that we had is a 250-yard swim um, and a nine-mile bike and a two-mile run. And it's, you know, with the right amount of training, literally anybody who wants to do it can do it. And, you know, we just, it was, 
I kind of started it and I told my husband, you know, hey, I want to do this and I think this might work. And I had worked in a triathlon retail store in the past and I've always enjoyed helping women and getting them started. And I just kind of took a leap of faith and the event the first year sold out within a few months. So I guess it was a good idea. That's awesome. How many years have y'all been, been doing it? What's the total time? Uh, the first inaugural race that we had was the one that takes place in Ion, and this year will be our fifth year for that event. Nice. Wow. Are you doing anything special for your five-year anniversary? <laughs> we are. Um, we have specially postponed it to a safer time of October. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, <laughs> from June 6th. So that's the first time. The uh, first thing we've done is made it, it's now October 24th, and we will have a uh, special five-year uh, little uh, kind of a little gift that we will provide each participant just to remember the time. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Sarah, how did you get in with Angie to join in the She Tries? Well, it, uh, it seems in hindsight like it was very linear, but um, it didn't feel that way in real life. But I met Angie years ago when I um, was challenged by a friend to do my first triathlon. And this was um, pre-kid days. This was well before she tries. And Angie was working at a try shop locally, managing the store. And um, I walked in and said, I have no idea what I've signed up for. I don't even understand what I need, but I think you all sell it. Can you help me? <laughs> and um, rather than making me feel like a complete idiot in a shop of pros, um, she made me feel like I was just like all of her other customers and um, really made me feel like I could do it and that I was going to be prepared and just talked me through a whole bunch of things. So it was a huge advantage uh, meeting her then. I was running a smaller um, business that's no longer around now. And so we became sort of business friends for a while and, and stayed in touch. Uh, when Angie decided to launch She Tries, I uh, raced the first event and I um, volunteered thereafter and um, just loved being a part of it. And um, similar to most women after having their families, you're sort of searching for that. Uh, what's next? What am I, what is my purpose? What am I doing? Um, what kind of work do I want to be in? I didn't have, um, some sort of career that was following me. My, my past had been an in international business and then just in entrepreneurship. And, um, I tried a few different things, um, learned the hard way that I was not good at some of them and just didn't enjoy others. And, um, did some soul searching and realized that this sort of um, industry and environment is where I feel the most passionate. It's what I wake up thinking about. I can talk about all day long. Um, and so I just asked Angie if, if I could be her partner and, um, and we came to an agreement and she said, yes. So <laughs> that's how I, how I long story of how I um, got involved um, as a partner, but I've just been a supporter and volunteer and cheerleader for so long and really believe in what um, she tries us here to do. That's awesome. I mean, it's so important. We see a lot, obviously, in our practice and in the fitness industry or healthcare industry of just, you know, women kind of um, tackling these kind of events as well as coming back after having families or just, you know, uh, finding a sense of purpose, kind of whatever it is, right? It's just like such an important part of uh, 
that, that needs to be, in my opinion, just kind of talked about more and just like empowered more. So it's just so cool to you guys kind of taking on this mission. I just love the idea, obviously, of using fitness as a gateway to like betterment or whatever you want, personal development, whatever it is. And I think it's just such a powerful way to do that, especially something like a triathlon, which seems very daunting for a lot of people, but at the same time is very doable. Like I've only done a sprint. I've done one. It was really fun. I want to do more someday, you know, but uh, I just, I, I think it's such a cool event. We hear really incredible stories. Um, and I always think Angie tells them better than I do, but we get messages um, especially right before and right after our events of women who come to us with whatever their reason of signing up was and what they feel like they can do now. And, and the story sort of goes on. So we, we hear about women getting promotions that they wouldn't have asked for because they didn't have the confidence that they now have because they did something hard. And um, women who almost didn't get out of their car um, who were in tears in the parking lot thinking that they couldn't do it and that they were in a really low point in their life and they somehow made themselves get out and go to the start line and just what that changed for them by the time they finished. Um, so it's a very gratifying um, industry or you know, event to be a part of and um, just culture and, and community that uh, Angie started and that we continue to create. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'd love to hear more, um, again, because I don't know a ton, you know, I, I'm more of like uh, the musings in the community, but tell me a little bit more like about the event, what goes into it, you know, like there's there's obviously a lot going into this. Um, so, you know, for people who may not even know what a triathlon is even, right, or even what, what it entails, um, maybe if you guys kind of talk about some of the ins and outs. Hey, uh, a, tr a triathlon is a swim bike run event so first you swim and then you bike and then you run and the idea for some people is to do this as quickly as you can so there's a time between the swim and the bike where you have to figure out okay i'm out of the pool now i have to get on my bike uh what do i need to wear to do that what gear do i need what do i how do I get my helmet on? My feet are wet. So there's all kinds of things that kind of happen between the sports. And then you have to figure out how to go from your bike to your run and kind of what that entails. And you can make it, you know, as complicated as you want, or you can make it as easy as you want. Um, the best thing we always tell new people is to to keep it simple and to borrow a bike from a friend or a neighbor if you don't have one. Um, we don't recommend a beach cruiser, but anything else, I mean, you can do it on a beach cruiser. It will just be really hard. Um, but to, to borrow a bike, um, since that is one of the most expensive pieces of equipment that you can have, um, you know, and to, and to practice and to practice what a transition looks like. That's what it's called when you go from sport to sport. And to do that, we have amazing sponsors and people in the community that help us put these things on. So for example, we have a swim clinic where we uh, teach, uh, well, not Sarah and I personally, but um, we have very, very good professionals um, in the swim community um, that will help um, teach our participants exactly 
okay, when you get in a, in a pool for your triathlon, what does it look like? What does it feel like to go from one end to the other? What does it feel like to switch lanes? And then we do the same thing with transition. We have clinics, we have pre-ride the course. So we have a lot of ways that our community helps support our participants as well, which you know, really is super helpful to have the women and the girls um, come to the start line as prepared as, as they wish to be. Yeah, I remember training, and the worst part was brick training, which I had no idea what that meant until, you know, you take those first steps after you've done the bike and try to run, because I'm really a runner at heart, and I was like, what is, you know, I felt like a Bambi running, and then, <laughs> but it would, you know, it's, 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 right? Um, the other thing, too, is like, you're right about that bike. Like, I think I did, I actually don't remember clearly, but I didn't have a legit road bike. Or when I did the two different ones, like the difference between even just a mountain bike and road bike were a stark contrast. Like, people look like they're eff effortlessly going by me and I'm pedaling as fast as I can. And I was like, what is going That's on? That's just you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta train harder. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, but even I mean, it, it even comes down to the simplest thing as you know, they need to learn how much air to put in their tires, or that their tires even need air. Um, you know, that can make a big difference on how you feel when you when you pedal the bike. So, you know, that's what that's what Sarah and I try to put together is not only just an event, but also an experience along the way to help everybody be as prepared as possible. So it Some, sounds like you both have like a pretty great deal of knowledge about triathlons. So, so I'm sure you all have had a lot of experience with it. What led you to do your first triathlon? And when was it? Oh my goodness. Um, my first triathlon was probably, I'm going to probably get this wrong, but I think it was about 15 years ago. And I had been uh, a runner or I tried to run. Um, running is definitely one of my struggles and one of my areas that is very difficult for me. I was a sprinter in high school and I played soccer and um, long distance running, let's just say, did not come very naturally when you try to run it like you would be playing soccer or sprinting on the on the, your toes. So I had a lot of injuries. Don't, don't sprint a triathlon. Yeah, no. probably not a good idea. No. Yeah, so I, and I thought my sister had done a few marathons. She was the uh, endurance runner in the family. So I figured just genetically I should be able to do this. So why not? I picked a marathon. That just seemed like a perfect distance because the brothers I had ever run was a 10K. Um, but I did it with team and training. So um, they uh, got me to the start line as prepared as possible um, in a very good way. And it went okay. It was fine. It was enough to say, let's do this again, because apparently the first experience was great. And I became um, slightly injured. And actually, I can make this kind of a, a long story, but I'll try to keep it on the short side. Um, I had an injury, and I didn't know what it was. And I was going to all kinds of doctors and trying to figure out what was going on, what was, what was wrong with my body. And I actually ended up getting diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And at 30 years old, it was, it was a rude awakening. And uh, I didn't know running just, I decided wasn't going to be my only form of exercise, but I wasn't ready to give it up. So I found an amazing physician who wasn't ready to stop me from what I was doing. And he said, okay, let's figure out how we can make this work. And it naturally led me to swimming, which naturally led me to biking. And I thought about, hey, I always thought a triathlon sounded kind of cool. 
let's, let's see if I can do this. And I started, I tra- started with a group um, at a triathlon store and locally that I ended up working for. And uh, I actually liked it. And um, I loved, I swam growing up. I was very comfortable in the pool. I never biked other than to get somewhere, or, you know, as a kid to play. Um, but biking for me became so much fun. And it was so different from running because it seemed like no matter how much time and effort I put into running, I really was never getting really faster. It's not like I wasn't going anywhere. I was obviously running somewhere, but I just wasn't getting, you know, faster or, I don't know, it just wasn't coming very naturally. So when I hopped on the bike, the more time I spent on it, the faster I got and the further I wanted to go. So it's still my sport of choice, um, but that's a very long story about how I fell into triathlon. So I did the sprint series on James Island as my first event, and I've done every distance um, imaginable so far that I have wanted to do. I love that. I love that you turned in, turned getting like, not a great diagnosis into something that you love and you're passionate about in the business. Like you really took it and you took a turn with it and you were like, I'm going to do something about it. And it led you to biking and swimming and, and loving those. And so I think that's awesome. I think that's a great, um, like example to set for sure. And it was, it just made sense because if I had, I mean, it, unfortunately it affects, um, it's, a pretty moderate severe case so it, it affects everywhere um but it was it was actually made a lot of sense because if my feet were hurting I would jump in the pool um so it, it was a sport that made sense to me and my physician just tells me as long as um he thinks I'm crazy he knows I'm okay mm-hmm. so with a lot of medication and a lot of um a lot of medical support I'm able to continue to do th- crazy things yeah I mean that's definitely what we do from a rehab kind of performance process too is like trying to, you know, sitting on the couch is definitely not, you know, you get a diagnosis like that. You could choose that route pretty easily. Right. But you chose not to do that. You chose, Hey, these are the things I can do. Right. And just, I love to hear that because we don't hear that as much as we'd like to from other healthcare professionals. Unfortunately, it's like, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this as opposed to you can do this and you can also do this and listen to your body. And like, you know, and if you feed hurt, cool, do this instead. Like there's always a choice we made to, to move and to, to, you know, get stronger and get fitter. And um, I just want more people to make that choice. So I love that story. It's such a great story. That's one of the other things that's great with She Tries is that we have women. Well, first of all, most people are scared to talk to me in a social setting once they find out that I put on triathlon events because they're scared I'm going to try to talk them into it. And I'm never trying to um, convince somebody um, until they it's clear they want to be convinced, but, um, and she tries, you know, we have a two mile run at the end while some people walk it and that's okay. There's plenty of people who walk it. And that's what we tell women. If you can't run, walk it or walk, jog it. You know, it's, it's your events. It's your triathlon. You know, we're not, um, forcing you to, um, to run. And if you need to hold on to the side of the pool during the swim, that's okay. You know, like we have volunteers all through the, um, at every end of the swim lanes, um, who will talk to you while you're there and make sure you're okay and encourage you to keep going. Um, so it's meant to build this confidence in women that you don't have to be a pro. You don't have to be this, um, vision of, a um, super fit 
triathlete that's on the cover of all, you know, of Ironman publications or whatever to, to do our events. We have women who go from she tries to Ironman, um, you know, within a year. We have women who stick with just she tries distances and just follow us around and come to everything. And that's also totally cool. So we encourage all of that and just people embracing their own journey with it and um, not trying to meet some other expectation or standard. Do you feel like that expectation and standard is a reason why most people, but also most women wouldn't just sign up for a triathlon maybe? I do think historically there's been a lot of intimidation um, around triathlon. Um, I think due to Angie's work um, in starting She Tries, we've changed that locally. There's a, um, a larger community of women, triathletes. Um, there was an article a couple of years ago about the impact of um, Try It For Life, which is a training organization, and She Tries in um, bringing women to the sport and growing it at the uh, Sprint Series on James Island and, um, and in other events locally. So. I think um, I think we took out that intimidation factor that a lot of women um, have about triathlon. Um, you know, when you first mention triathlon to someone who's not familiar with it, their mind sort of immediately goes to Ironman. My mother-in-law still thinks that that's what I'm doing and kind of calls it Ironman slash marathon. Like, there's just a lot of confusion over what it actually is. And, um, and so I feel like there's a huge like education component when I'm talking to people about what we do. There's four main distances, there's a really short one, and then there's really incredibly long ones. And, you know, we stick with the shorter end right now and, um, and it's very doable. And, um, you know, can you swim for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? Can you bike nine miles? Can you run or walk two miles? And people are like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And so you can just see there, those connections being made. Um, but I think there's intimidation in both genders. I just think that men don't let it stop them in signing up. I mean, we get asked how many times have we been asked to have a men's race now, right? Because the she tries events are so fun. Um, so I, I think, I think we just make it a really good time. So aside from being very approachable, um, we pick really nice neighborhoods to ha have the events in when they, when they agree to it. So like Ion, Hamlin Plantation and Carnes Crossroads are nice neighborhoods with nice facilities, um, very welcoming um, neighborhood and volunteers and, and streets that are easy to use. And um, we have amazing volunteers who, uh, men and women who, some of whom have never done a triathlon, some who have and just want to give back. Um, and then we have a good relationship with a training organization that helps fuel our um, participant base and they um, all know each other and root for each other and root for all women. So it's just this, all of these components make it more than just a triathlon. You know, you're not just getting a t-shirt and crossing the finish line. You're getting so much more out of it. It sounds way more like a community than just like I'm sure. signing up for a race, I'm doing one time and then I'm forgetting about it. Yeah. It's the complete opposite of my very first triathlon experience where the volunteer, it was an ocean swim. It's a race that's no longer here. And the volunteer, in the water when I had a panic attack <laughs> and hailed down the kayaker said, or jet skier, I said, can, I can do this. Right. And if she tries, it'd be no doubt. 
every single volunteer would be like, yes, you can. And I'm going to go with you. I'm going to, you know, be at the other end when you get to the end, you know, whatever it is, whatever it takes. Our volunteers are just diehards and they will do it. This particular volunteer elected man was like, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, he didn't know me. Maybe I couldn't. I was second to the last out of the water. So, you know, he probably had his doubts at that point. Um, but I had been in an argument with my brother about whether or not I should even do this specific triathlon and he didn't think I should. So I was determined not to let him be right. And that's the main reason I finished. Um, but it was just like we finished and that was it. You know, there was, I think maybe if people had finished earlier, there'd been a bit more of a celebration. My husband was there and some friends who had come down to do the event with me were there, but I didn't have a training organization. Um, I just had some friends like we just shared a training plan and, and sometimes we trained together and sometimes we didn't. And um, I had no idea what to really expect out of it other than what Angie had told me when I bought my, my gear. So um, like having had that experience and then having crossed a she tries finish line, it's like night and day and it's way more fun. <laughs> you, you say that I'd love for you to go into that or either of you or both of you, like you say it's, it's fun. It also seems like it's a lot different than a typical race would be. I'm sure no matter what you say, most people think triathlon, they probably don't think fun. So I'd love to just know a, like how it's different, you know, even throughout the year with the training process and all the resources, then also like obviously day of the event, like what makes it so fun? Do you want to start Angie? Okay. Well, I think one of the biggest components that makes She Tries What It Is is our volunteers. There's two big components, our volunteers and our sponsors. So our volunteers, we take 70 to 80 people to put on our events. Um, most people are like, that's an, an insane amount considering that like ION, for example, we take 300 participants and that's our sellout number. We, we can't have a bigger event there yet. Um, so we really um, work with our volunteers and sort of cultivate them to um, know what to say, to know how to be helpful, to know how to solve a problem if something happens on the course. Um, and most of them have, have volunteered at one of our events before, so they become very familiar with it. We're very lucky with that. Uh, the feedback that we get from participants almost every single time is that our volunteers are amazing. Angie and I have both participated in triathlons and other events where there weren't enough volunteers um, or the volunteers could care less about what they were doing. Um, and maybe they weren't even volunteers. Maybe they were actually being paid. Um, but at any rate, it was um, not a very welcoming feeling, um, not something that made you want to keep going back. And, um, and so we, we really pride ourselves on having a strong volunteer base. We also have amazing sponsors who, um, come out for packet pickup and on um, race day and they set up in the parking lot and it's just like a big party. So we've got music, we have a DJ, we have gelato, we have food from Verde. It's not just stale bagels and gross bananas. Like it's good food, good drinks. Um, we have little kid zones and family areas because we really want it to be a family friendly event. Um, so all of these things that really bring out the family members, um, make people want to stay. It's really important to us to keep people there, not only interacting with our sponsors, but um, cheering for the women that are still coming in. So we make a big deal out of the last finisher. You know, it's not like the whole place is wrapped up and gone home by the time our last finisher crosses the line. And that's really important to us. Um, so I think those are just some of the, 
components that, that make it more than a triathlon event that you sort of cross the finish line and pack up and go home. And, um, and then as Angie mentioned, we have clinics and um, some of them are virtual. Some of them are in person. Um, a lot of things throughout the season, the training season to interact with our participants and try to let them know that we're there. So we recommend training programs or coaches that um, if people ask us for that sort of information and um, we give tips every week when we're not in quarantine on how to train. <laughs> um, um, Angie, I would love to hear about like how you took this idea of wanting to do She Tries and what the first steps were to you fully creating this business. And tell them how many times you were told no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Um, so this was uh, doing a women's triathlon was something that I had thought about back when I worked in the, the triathlon industry. Um, I worked in Mount Pleasant and I worked in Charlotte as well, which Charlotte just had a, an event every weekend. And um, I kept mentioning the race directors like, hey, you should you should you should think about having a women's event. Like, and, and I mean, I was working and 70, 80 hours a week. I mean, there, there was no time and I hadn't even considered doing it myself. I just said I would help and I probably would help for free. And, uh, so, um, it was just something in my head that I had there and it just kind of stuck with me. And, and like I said, when, um, when I worked in the, you know, triathlon industry and, and individuals like Sarah would come in, they were just so easy to help and they were so willing to listen to information I had and it was just so great watching someone be a beginner and just kind of thrive in, the, in that environment so it really just always stuck with me made me want to do more so I had my first child and I um, just got this feeling like I wasn't going back to my old life <laughs> and I wasn't going back to work in a traditional form uh, I tried working from home a little bit um, for this particular um, store and it just it just wasn't working my heart just wasn't into it anymore and I uh, sat down and I just kind of kind of mapped it out and I had a, this there's a training group called try it for life and they are out of Charlotte and I started um, an organization which is training women for their first triathlon and I had it in my head that I I was like this is time I really want to do a women's triathlon. I really want to put it on. I, I have no, I have planned, hope plan events, running, um, you know, many running events and I attended many events myself and I had ideas of kind of what I wanted to combine with what I liked, what I had been involved with in the past and what I knew I didn't want to be involved and what I didn't like about other events. So, um, we, for the training group, the first year we went to a triathlon in Charlotte and all women's triathlon and, uh, I decided we're not traveling anymore. This is ridiculous. We deserve to have this in our own area. And I sat my husband down and I said, Hey, guess what? And uh, last time I said that I was leaving my job. So <laughs> this time, um, I sat him down and I said, Hey, this is X amount of dollars we could potentially lose. And um, so he said, all right, I think you should, I think you should go for it. I think it's time. I think I trust you. I think I, I know, you know, you seem to know what you're doing. He is not a triathlete. Um, he does not really like triathlons. I mean, um, so that he supported it was was pretty amazing. And I, I went to a few, uh, had a few places in mind. 
Um, I actually had one neighborhood in mind, had a course laid out, sat down with the police, and they were like, this is fantastic. The neighborhood said, absolutely not. Um, so I just kept trying, and then I thought, you know what? Ion has a really great pool. I bet we could make this work. So I just started, um, just started asking for what I wanted, and I just started finding the right people to ask the right questions to. And uh, like I said, I had done some other events, um, some women-only events that I, uh, there's one particular, it's uh, the Nike Women's San Francisco uh, Marathon, and they, they did a lot of really neat things, and I thought they really did a good job of taking care of women and making just any old event be really special. And I decided that that's what She Tries was going to be about. It was going to be a special event. We were not going to serve um, stale bagels and bananas. Um, we were going to make it, we were going to take care of these women. We were going to make them feel so special for the day. And I think that's what we accomplish or try to accomplish. Um, and one of my most favorite things that we do is at the end of the event, when you cross that finish line, you get a piece of handmade jewelry by a local artist. And so that way, um, it's, it's really cool. Um, you actually go out in the community and you might be wearing your necklace and you run into another lady that has the same necklace and you have an instant bond and maybe you don't even know each other. That's happened to me um, all the time. I'll be at my daughter's school and I'll run into another mom. And I'm like, oh, hey, I like your necklace. Where'd you get it? And they're like, oh, I did this race. And then we'll have a conversation. And sometimes I tell them who I am and sometimes I don't. But... <laughs> Um, it's just, it's, it's just become really, really important to us to stay true to finding really beautiful locations, serving really good food and drinks and the atmosphere around it. Um, those are, those are the key elements. So one of the things that Angie doesn't mention in the story that she should is that, um, triathlon itself had seen a decline right before Angie brought a chapter of Try It For Life here and um, started She Tries um, events here. So because the sport had focused so much on performance and um, outcomes and men primarily, there was a decline. And they started to think about incorporating women into the sport, but they were not going about it in a way that actually helped it grow. So, and by they, I mean these governing organizations that like, try to enhance the overall um, sport, like nationally and worldwide. So um, Angie's like innate knowledge of the fact that women wanted to do this and could do this and needed to start with events like She Tries that needed to be welcoming and couldn't just be painted pink and made um, all women by not really doing anything else special. Um, to me, that's why it stuck. That's why it was immediately successful and why um, people didn't just see, like, like you can just see through some of these other events that are, um, like we, Angie and I say, just painted pink, you know, and, and, and called all women and, and, and marketed towards women. Um, it's why it was important for her to have it as a quality event uh, to keep women to stick with it and to really create a community. So um, because of that, Charleston saw a rise in participation, saw a growth in the sport after seeing a decline and especially a growth in women in the sport. And um, I just give her so much credit for being told by people in the industry that triathlon is dying. You should think of a different sport to focus on. You're never going to be able to sell this race to a sellout number. 
Um, and you know, you're never going to get neighborhoods to agree to it. That is a big challenge, I will admit. <laughs> but uh, most of the time, if you tell Angie no or that it's going to be hard, it just drives her to do it even more. And it's one of the things I really appreciate about her. Having made. Why do you think they said no? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, why would they say no? Probably my most interesting no was from... <laughs> Um, from the timing company that we now work with and have a pretty decent relationship with. Um, when I first, I knew, I knew the timing, um, is an essential element of triathlon and that can be, um, that can be so screwed up and it can ruin an event in a heartbeat. So I knew I wanted to pick the best person that was out there. So I went to, um, who I consider to be one of the leaders in the industry and the timing community. And he, he also puts on his own events and, and I went to him and I said, you know, this is, this is what I want to do. And he said, I think you should put on some five K's like they're easy and they make money and they're, you know, not complicated. And, uh, and to this day, like I still remind him or he actually, he'll bring it up. Um, you know, that if anytime I have an idea, he'll say, well, yeah, I guess last time, you know, I told you that wouldn't work. You really proved me wrong. Um, and, and I think it's because triathlon was declining. Um, and because it's an expensive sport. And I think, um, you know, while some of these other, some even, even people in the triathlon industry, when they try to gain new participants, they're just not looking at the right place. They're trying to turn over a marathon runner into a triathlete, which obviously that was my story. Um, but, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think they're looking at the right places. I think you have to look at the places. You have to, A, make the distance beginner-friendly and, um, you know, look for, look where the people, look where the women are. It's the women with little kids who just need something of their own. They're the, you know, um, woman who has not put herself first. And this is something that is hers and it is only hers. I mean, everybody gets to celebrate at the finish, but um, making women feel good about themselves, I think, is is so important and the minute this organization you know and she tries to stop doing that I'm, I'm out but um i just think that's the one thing we do best is take people where they're at and make them feel even better yeah i feel like that's where you can have the most impact and it's the most amount of people right like we're still unfortunately as a nation or as a human race like we're relatively unhealthy people so those are the people that need us the most and we have, you know, can have the biggest impact and, and that's where most of the people are. So I think it's the most intelligent way to go about it, um, for sure. Well, and you have, you know, they have, you know, we don't, we don't take people that are always your average race participant. I mean, we take people that have never done a race, that have never even considered it. I mean, there's people, I mean, when we say all sizes and abilities and backgrounds, like that's what we get. And that's what we've, you know, we've purposely tried to design this for and and you get someone who's never been an athlete and you turn them into a triathlete I mean you know it's just it's it's really amazing I mean it never gets old we're always at the finish line and you know on the race course well I'm not usually I'm not allowed to leave tra transition but um you know you, you see uh you know these unlikely candidates crossing these finish lines and it's just it never gets old it's amazing and I mean, even my husband will tear up coming out. He's like my number one volunteer now, but he has gotten so passionate about it. And when he'll hear somebody 
um, talking to me about whether or not they should consider it and, you know, what is the organization about, I'll tell them, come volunteer. Because if you see the, the women who are participating, you're going to see yourself. Like, you will see yourself in that crowd and say, I can do that. And, and my husband gets all, like, energized by it and tears in his eyes. And he's like, I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> I kind of want to do it now. Gosh, and I hate it. You should. It's not so fun. Like it's it's not like y'all are just making a race and you're like, okay, there's a race. It's in October. It's like you you've made an experience. You've made a community, and you're it's so like long lasting rather than just a race and then you go home. So it sounds really great. It's yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what something like that that's physically challenging can bleed over into all other areas of your life, right? Like you said, like, oh, now they feel empowered. It's their thing. Nobody else can take that from them. And all of a sudden now, like, oh, I can do a triathlon. What else can I do? Oh, crap. Now I can go ask for that raise or I can go find and start my own business or whatever. And so it's just so powerful. Like that does not get old as hearing stories like that and just seeing more people, um, you know, because again, we're relatively unhealthy still as a, as a nation. And just like, they were just all attacking it in different ways and just trying to make our own impact. And it's just so cool to see more and more people come to the, uh, you know, the dark side or the good, I don't know what you want to say, right? Like, like, yeah, the fitness side of like, Hey, this is really fun. And like, you know, I feel better about myself and now what else can I do? It's just, uh, it's what, it's what we're passionate about too. So it's just, it's so cool. It's good stuff. So before we uh, start to wrap up, I definitely want to talk about what you guys are doing now and what you guys have coming up. So can you tell a little bit, talk a little bit about that? Yes, we can. So um, we have a couple of things going on. One, we're talking to you during our um, quarantine time. Um, So this is not ideal for um, any sort of fitness world, but luckily people can still bike and run right now. And we're seeing a lot of that out there. So, um, our, as Angie mentioned, our June event in ION has been postponed to October. So currently on the calendar, we have an event in August, an event, and that one's in uh, North Mount Pleasant at Hamlin Plantation, an event in, um, uh, September at Carnes Crossroads and an event in October in ION. Um, in the meantime, to keep people engaged and motivated and um, able to sort of um, challenge themselves and accomplish something still, we've created a virtual challenge. Um, this challenge combines the distances of our three triathlons so that um, over a two-week period starting on the 27th, uh, April 27th, um, participants can um, cover that distance over as many workouts as they want. It doesn't need to be all in one go. It can, you know, be every day or a few times a week, whatever um, suits their fancy and their workout style. To cover 27 miles on the bike, Angie, remind me of the run. Nine and a half. Nine and a half miles on the run. Um, and we're including um, two videos from Ann Moore Endurance Coaching. She posts videos daily. Um, they're 15 minutes long um, that usually are core and body weighted exercises. Um, since we cannot have people in the pool right now, or most pools are closed and it's difficult, um, that's kind of our swim supplement. And um, there's going to be a link posted um, as soon as we have registration go live. It's free unless you want a shirt. and um, 
and then there, there will be instructions on how to send us your stats and we'll keep track and, um, you know, we'll announce the winners or not the winners, but the, uh, finishers and, um, give, um, little graphics that people can post online and basically create this community. Um, the other thing that we're doing to keep people engaged is we've created our own community of women. Uh, she tries women. You can be a newbie. You can never have done a she tries, but plan to, or you can have done all of them. Um, it's a group called the, um, she tries journeys. And, um, by the time this is live and out in the world, we will have it live on Facebook and invite, um, all of our women to be a part of that, to share their successes, um, share their challenges, train together if they can. Um, and as she tries grows, um, hopefully that community will, will grow and um, we'll have women from all over the place become a part of it. So that's like a Facebook group. People can go yep. in like a Facebook community. Oh, really yes. cool. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Um, if anybody wants to find out more about you guys, where can they go? Whether it's Instagram, website, whatever. We have a website, shetries.com, S-H-E-T-R-I-S.com. And from there, it will link you to all our social media, to our Facebook page, to our Instagram page, and our Facebook page links to the new Journeys group that we created as well. Awesome. Looks like we're all trying to adapt in this, you know, COVID-19 world. So, um, yeah, I love hearing the ways that like businesses are adapting and doing things even better and like kind of finding themselves and creating more opportunities because they have to. Um, yeah. so I think this, that sounds really awesome. When, when actually you, have, oh, I'm sorry. When is the challenge again? What are the dates? The challenge starts April 27th and it runs through May 10th and anyone can join at any point. They, um, you know, they can join mid-challenge. Um, we will have a sign-up link on our Facebook page as well. It's called the Be the She Challenge. Be the She, I love that. Great name, great name. That's our, that's our hashtag, so Be the She virtually has a nice ring to it. It does. <laughs> awesome, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Very powerful stuff. Um, yeah, again, we, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us on and um, being able to accommodate it in uh, this virtual space and not face to face. I hope we get to meet up sometime and collaborate on something. Yeah, for sure. we're going to make it happen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Healthy Charleston podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram, search Healthy Charleston, one word, like, follow, comment on today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, if you have possible guests that you want us to bring on, if you have any topics you want us to discuss, reach out there, send us a direct message. We would love some feedback. Also, if you get any extra time, head over to iTunes, give us a rating. Again, put comments there. We love your feedback. Have phenomenal.